1: Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host
2: of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. The audience goes wild. I love that part. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. Uh, Here we are live from SES New York. We're in the Webmaster Radio booth. the bar has obviously been moved. I don't know where the bar is. I saw a bar here yesterday. I just, it just sort of moved. Uh, with me today are Chris Hart and Virginia.
3: Hi, everybody.
2: Hello. Glad you're uh, all dialing in. Uh, Chris is actually a very vocal person, but uh, on the radio he has a problem because he waves his hands a lot. Uh, <laughs> obviously, you can't see that. It doesn't translate. <laughs> You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, that's noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio's search engine optimization channel. You can stream it on SEMSynergy.com or pick it up on iTunes. Well, today we have Rhea Drysdale, the chief operating officer of Outspoken Media, and the SEO that helped save SEO from the latest attempt at a trademark, Um They had a conversation. Virginia spoke to her yesterday about how she opposed the trademark application, uh, the process she went through, everything that was involved. Uh, Got a chance to talk to her about online reputation management, something I think is emerging. Uh, Everybody hears about it, and uh, you ought to listen in on this. Something that the trademark applier or ultimately holder needs right now.
3: Well, yes. I think Jason Gambert is uh, in need of some online reputation management right now.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that uh, we really kind of need an industry that uh, trademarks SEO, not a person. But certainly, uh, we got to do better.
3: Um, so here we are at SES New York, and we'll definitely be able to talk about our thoughts on what we've thought of the conference so far um, a little bit later in the show, but right now I thought we'd talk about an opportunity that um, a lot of the people who maybe aren't at the conference are going to be able to uh, participate in if if they're interested. Tomorrow we're actually sponsoring and Bruce will be speaking on a webcast uh, with Search Marketing Now. And uh, Dr. Ralph Olson is the presenter, and he'll be talking about the 10 most important things to know about SEO in 2010. It sounds like a really exciting webcast and one of a record-breaking one at that.
2: Yeah, it turns out that uh, the normal webcast has 100 to 200 people. We've had 550 pre-signs. That to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Ralph and I have known each other, of course, being in the industry as long as we have. We've known each other for a great many years. Uh, and we're going to go back and forth a little bit. He's going to talk about uh, the items, the top ten items. And uh, I'm going to supplement it with some recent research we have so that uh, there's going to be something there for everybody to learn. And I think the webcast will turn out to be uh, really, really good. Uh, that goes out tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern.
3: And that one's going to be live also. I think there's even question and answer time afterwards. And-
2: yeah, it's it's a live webcast. Uh, which is a little bit different. And uh, towards the tail end, we're going to have plenty of time available for Q&A, certainly as much as uh, is allowed by the webcast environment. But uh, everybody can listen in. Uh, It should go pretty well. I think, you know, if we get uh, 400,000 people listening in, that certainly is a record.
4: (laughs) A little record.
3: We don't even have to aim that high, but uh, we do have... um Uh, Oh, you you can register by going to Um, searchmarketingnow.com. If you were giving this presentation, what would you have in, say, your top two things to know about SEO in 2010?
2: Uh, The impact of behavioral search as it impacts everything out there, I think, is very, very big. And I think that uh, we're going to see a massive change within the next three to six months in the processing of links. I think Google's going to wake up and say, oh, my God, we got to do something about links. Uh, from an individual point of view for on-site, uh, I think we're going to see performance and conversion management come of age. So there's a, a bunch of things coming. But what impacts us all first uh, has got to be the impact of behavioral on everything and the impact of really the, the what I see is evolving changes in the linkscape, if you will, the landscape of linking.
3: Do you think that uh, Ralph is going to cover that, or has he shared any of his uh, presentation with you?
2: I've seen a draft. Um, Certainly, Ralph is uh, capable of giving a a very nice presentation. Oh, absolutely. I am sure that keywords and links are in there. Um, The thing that is uh, going to be true of this is that the average SEO uh, may know an awful lot about an awful lot. Or they may have heard a lot about a lot. Or they may need to think they know a lot about a lot. Uh, and we're just trying to you know, take all the rough edges off and make it uh, a smoother, easier, seamless um, SEO effort so that you understand certainly not just the, the standard stuff about each of the 10 areas, but we're going to, hey, everybody, think about this. This is something you haven't thought about and get get the juices moving on that
3: gotta love a top 10 list too makes it nice and smooth and easy
2: i'm interested in feedback from chris he's been uh working pretty hard over here in our booth which by the way everybody our booth is right next door i mean across a corridor from webmaster radio so we've been listening to shows all week long Uh, we've had a fair number of people visit what's the hot topic for the
4: show a lot of people are talking about Lynx and the impact of how it's going to play in their business in the coming years. Um, what I have noticed from the questions received in the booth is the, the questions are more intelligent, more focused, more higher-end questions. It's not a lot of beginning questions of what is SEO, what does it mean. There are a lot of strategic thinkers coming to the, to the conference trying to answer very specific issues that they're facing in their in their job business or or try to address that and i think what a lot of people haven't grasped or gotten their hands around is how to make their site part of the community of people they're trying to service which is the behavioral intent in which bruce was speaking about
3: can we pick your brain about this more after our uh, interview with ria it's
4: a it's a dangerous place but if you want to go in there feel free
3: All right. Well, then we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I'll be talking to Rhea about defeating the SEO trademark and some online reputation management uh, recommendations. More SEM Synergy is on the way.
1: Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back.
3: What
0: is this? Why is my website not ranking higher?
1: sounds like you could use a link building report from seofox.com. What's that? <laughs> Sly like a fox.
0: Get your link building report today at SEOFox.com. That's SEOFox.com. Ahoy there! Navigate the rough and treacherous waters of the web with a virtual vessel designed to swashbuckle spam and dock at your exact destination. Best of the web, BOTW.org is the internet's oldest directory since 1994. A rewarding resource to those looking to promote their site. And now, Best of the Web boasts an incomparable local search engine featuring more than 16 million businesses from sea to shining sea, commitment to quality, and unmatched dedication to our users. Best of the Web. Find us now at botw.org. Wrong Milare, that's botw.org. AFCON 2010, the trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free is making its way to Denver, June 21st through 23rd. Register now at AFmcom 2010com
1: Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay.
3: Hi everybody, this is Virginia. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm here at SES New York, and I'm joined right now by Rhea Drysdale of Outspoken Media. Thanks for coming on the show, Rhea. Thank you for having me. So, last week, we spoke briefly about this on the program, uh, on our program, as well as you were on SEO Rockstars, talking about some really exciting news for the community. Um, You helped to stop the term SEO from being trademarked by an internet marketer.
5: I did. That was kind of exciting. There were actually uh, four of us opposers. So t- in total, uh, Moz Artworks, um, Jonathan Hockman of Hockman Consultants, and then myself. And uh, all four of us originally filed the oppositions. And um, Moz is the one that originally discovered the trademark uh, was even being sought after and had gone as far as actually going through the registration process. He was going to trademark it had we not opposed it. So I think a lot of people have this misconception of, oh, that never would have gone through, and they don't realize it did go through and had we not opposed it he would have had that registration so and that would have
3: been a really scary thing for everybody it would have certainly put us on the defensive who knows if he could have we would hope that some somebody- would have eventually an appeal would get through but it was it's a, it's a really scary uh, proposition to even consider.
5: Yeah, and I actually, uh, I talked to my trademark attorney regarding his appeal because originally um, the person in question is Jason Gambert that was trying to trademark this and um, Jason said he was going to go after an appeal. Uh, last notification I have is that he is not going to pursue that but he has two months to do an appeal of the board's decision. So um, this, can, this might not even be over. It might not be, but uh, he has been actually very um, very nice, since the decision was made, and supportive, and I was quite surprised by the communication that we've received from him of the, the last week. So. so you were in communication with them most of this time? Um, he has left uh, an email. I know he was speaking with Jonathan, and then he also called my attorney and uh, did inform us that he would not be seeking the appeal, and that was as of last Thursday. So
3: I know funny. that one of the interesting things that he pointed to on his own blog, which he hasn't updated in like a year or something like that, was that he was attempting to do this to help the SEO community. So to kind of clear it from the use by maybe shadier individuals.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of valid complaints with our industry that there's a a lot of snake oil salesmen and miscommunication. And, you know, and unfortunately, we're dealing with this secret Google sauce and the algorithm that nobody really knows. So it's easy to claim that you're an expert because you got X results for one client. And, um, you know... It's it's really hard to say who is a good SEO and who isn't. There's so many different methods and approaches, and um, to date, we don't really have any type of certification program, and that's really what Jason was trying to do, was he wanted to effectively force everyone to get certified, and if they were going to use the SEO trademark. And... He was going to set up a board. I know he had approached Danny Bruce Clay and a number of other individuals and said, "I'd love to have you as experts in the SEO community be on this board. you know We'll determine what people need to know and what they have to do in order to get certified Once they've been certified, they can actually put SEO on their website. Um, that's kind of a scary proposition. you know I'm all for uh, more education in the community, but not policing people and their use of the term so
3: that's interesting) um did you ever talk to your lawyer about how we can maybe avoid this in the future? Because I know that appeals or not opposition like this is on a case-by-case
5: basis. Um, It is on a case-by-case basis. However, um, basically with a term like this, the more that it's opposed and overturned by the board, um, the more that it's essentially reaching a point of descriptiveness. So there are certain terms in our language which are too generic or too descriptive. Generic is like the absolute, you know, you can't trademark the word the you know, in all instances. It's it's a generic word. Mm-hmm. Um, so, genericness is really tough to prove. I know that's the case that Jonathan Hockman used in his approach. Each of us took a different approach in how we were posing. And Jonathan basically went after him saying it was generic. The thing with posing and going on the basis of generic is that you have to prove a lot of things to say that it, it really is a generic phrase. Um, and that burden of uh, proof and evidence um, is a really long process. They try to kind of Go a little bit of the easier route in terms of saying, well, it's in the dictionary. That should be enough. And for whatever reason, the board didn't accept that. Um, so, you know, they could have gone a little bit further with it, but that would have been a very, very long, complicated process to prove it was generic. So the other thing is that it becomes descriptive, and that's kind of like uh, one tier below generic. And so, if a term is descriptive, then it's easy for the board to go, well, it's been proven in all of these other cases that it was too descriptive. Therefore, if anyone applies for it in the future, we already know it was you know, overturned there. Um, more than likely, all future examining attorneys will now see that Gambert's case was thrown out, and they will probably throw out future SEO trademarks as well. Um, there have been five total SEO trademark applications in the last two years. Um, three were terminated early on. And Gambert's got through, and there's one more that's out there right now from a company called Shangri Law or something, SEO. And um, The Gypsy uh, actually found that one. And I'm not too concerned about that one because they've already, the board has flagged him and said, the burden is on you to say why this is not descriptive. And because Jason's case was thrown out, his was actually put on hold until we had a decision in that. So long story short. The more that this happens, the less likely it'll be for anyone in the future to be able to get through. So I'm not too worried about it. And people keep saying, well, how do we prevent it? Again, not too worried. We've had five applications. All of them were flagged. Um, Jason's was thrown out. And, you know, the next one probably will be as well. Okay. It's interesting to see how uh, it's kind of an accumulative effect.
3: Um, And then what was your... um, What was the... The course that you took for your opposition, if you, as you said, there, everybody kind of took a different one.
5: Yeah, um, the course I took is, uh, and Jason keeps saying I outlawed him, and you know whether that's true or not. Yeah, I didn't really have the funds to pursue this to begin with, but I, I just found a way in the course of two years and um, we basically said if you want this you need to prove to us why you're entitled to it and we need to know what you're using it for who your target audience is what services you offer Um, we need to know everything about you and your company and we basically sent him about 150 requests and questions that he had to answer and that's a lot I mean that's a ton, and you have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt each question, or explain how you've gone and tried to prove that that you're entitled to each of these. And I don't know, getting confused here, but basically we had 150 questions, and uh, he did not answer all of them, and that's ultimately why it got thrown out. So we kind of overwhelmed him in that sense.
3: Very interesting. Um, so. I would imagine that Jason Gambert at this point is going to be looking at trying to salvage his reputation. Um, you are known for your expertise in online reputation management. Any suggestions
5: for Jason? Um, I don't know that it's quite salvageable at this point. I'm sure it could be if he were to come public. But I think the problem... For myself, at least, is that I don't know who Jason is. Nobody really knows who Jason is. I think there are a few individuals in the community that do. Um, But I've never met him. We don't have a public face. I still don't know who this person is or why they felt entitled to the term. Um, So... In that sense, if he wanted to save his reputation, we would first of all have to know who he was, you know? And that's the the number one key to reputation management is being transparent, and there's no transparency here. Um, You know, in the beginning, we were just saying, do you even have a company with which to trademark this? And it took us a lot of digging to to find that company and even see that he had clients, so. Um, More generally, I'm going to tap your brain about ORM. Um,
3: If somebody found themselves... um, in a position where there was a lot, uh, maybe their industry had turned against them, or, um, or it may be just the public, um, because they've been caught doing something maybe they shouldn't have. Um, do you feel that all press is good press, or is this something, how would you maybe, in general terms, any recommendations?
5: Um, No, all press is not good press. I think the majority of clients that we get for reputation management come to us because they have negative press that's out there and they're they're desperately doing anything they can to bury it, Um, as much as even going to the news station saying, I'll give you lots of money if you'll take this down, which they're not going to do. So um, I would say that... Good press is good press. Um, Having your name out there, I mean, it depends on who you are. If you're someone like Kanye West, Scandal's great. It keeps your name out there and you bounce back as soon as you produce a new record that sells millions. Um, For... You know, CEO over company, bad press is probably not good press. It's going to affect um, your board. It's going to affect uh, shareholders. It's going to affect clients. So it just depends on who you are. Um, but what we say in terms of reputation management, the best way to get rid of bad press is with good press. So getting in front of the news is vital. All right. Thanks, Rhea, so much.
3: You can find more from Rhea on Twitter at R-H-E-A. Um, any, well, of course, outspokenmedia.com and the outspokenmedia.com blog, which you do post on sometimes, as well as you post it everywhere from CNN to lots of exciting search engine journal.
5: Bruce Clay, that's right. Back in the day.
3: <laughs> so thanks again for coming on the program, Rhea. Thank you. All right. Uh, stick around. More SEM Synergy is on the way.
1: Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back.
5: Find out how The Jar Group can work for you at Jargroup.com. That's TheJarGroup.com. The Jar Group, online marketing with measurable results.
1: XY7 is affiliate marketing. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No ifs, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up as a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first. I cut to the chase, it's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you, cause this what you better do. Doing as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need and need. You can get paid from sales and leads, not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. He becomes quick state of the art tracking. Where did the start? You can do it a couple ways. 866XY7 pays, it's toll free. Tell me what you waiting on. So log on the xy7.com. Y seven Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. Inboxed Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's nice. Bruce Clay.
2: Well, you walked on it.
3: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm here with Bruce Clay. Hello. And Chris Hart. Hello. So, uh, before the interview with Rio, we were talking about a little bit about uh, SES New York, because that's where we are right now. We're here live uh, in the Webmaster Radio booths. In the expo hall, it's actually the final day of the expo hall. It's wrapping up in like half an hour here, about?
2: I think it 4 p.m.
3: Yeah, So, but I do see it seems to be picking up a little just as people are coming by for the final drinks yeah. and whatnot uh, offered here. Um, but as far as the uh, information shared at the conference is concerned, the big story yesterday was about Google's release of Search Funnel, a new tool in AdWords, and the gist of it is that reports are now going to be given to advertisers, uh, only search advertisers, um, that are getting a conversion, and they're going to track that conversion back to searches done before that final click.
2: Right. The, the way it seems to be from everything we've read uh, and talked about, I think, is that it is only queries that are pay-per-click, so there's no organic tracking in there. So if I search organic, 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 click on an ad, it's only the ad. Whereas if it's one ad, two ad, three ads, it's all ads. Uh, the second se- thing seems to be that it isn't the actual query. That it's a um, laundered keyword <laughs> list. That it, it helps helps you understand the sequence of events, but it isn't necessarily the actual queries. Um, I think that you know you can only keep track of so many things in pay per click, right? So um, you don't know if they were looking for three things. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to be implemented. I mean, it's a new announcement. We're going to have
3: to get through this. Well, it will be interesting because I know attribution is a really important thing right now. It's constantly being discussed as far as how can we get credit to the right sources. And if potentially, if you were to decide, hey, this keyword isn't converting for me, but it's a really big assist keyword and you didn't know that because you're not assigning that attribution to it at the end, then you could end up really hurting yourself.
4: Perhaps. Using the the data in that format where a set of information is helping another set of information, then you may be able to triangulate the decision you're looking for. But right now, with it being such a brand-new announcement and not having dug through the data ourselves, it's hard for me to make a very specific statement as to which way I would head with the decision process.
2: Now, this particular tool... Uh, certainly it's going to help pay-per-click people. It's better than nothing. Absolutely, it's, it's a nice addition. I think that if we were to relate it to organic search, in behavioral search, if I search for car, I may not rank for car. If I search then for Mustang, I may not rank for Mustang. But I may get traffic because behaviorally, I rank for Mustang car. Right. Because behavior is a sequence of separate searches in the same session that ultimately bias what the 10 blue links are. So the question is, am I going to see behavioral impact at this level? Because behavior is ultimately going to impact pay-per-click. Am I not going to see it? I think that you know disjoint searches on organic is an emerging keyword research area. Uh, Something we've been emphasizing for a while, you have to understand behavior and intent. How's that going to impact this in the pay-per-click space? Is that going to spill over at all?
4: Well, it might be a moment of maturing in the industry because advertisers go after clients or people a great many different ways, right? And not everybody buys the same product the same way. So being able to appeal to a user or a community's behavior and then have the ads tailor themselves or be more focused towards that community, maybe perhaps it then looks at the advertiser with g- greater value on multiple ad creations. So your touch point one, touch point two, touch point three conversion, it's never the, and this is the part that I, I, a lot of clients have a problem dealing with, it's, it's never the one point vision conversion. You have to get your, your users and your community, the people that are on your site, past that fear, uncertainty, and doubt. They have to be very comfortable with you And in many cases, that takes multiple touch points.
3: Absolutely. The interesting thing about this tool that I believe I understand from the presentation given by the Google rep at the deep dive into analytics session that this was announced at yesterday is that they are going to be counting. They go back 30 days from the conversion, and they are counting impressions as well of your ad, not just click-throughs. So, you know, that really speaks to the fact that you're getting that brand awareness if you're showing up.
4: Well, it also might relate to the fact that your ad copy isn't tailored properly to the community. So you might want to alter that.
2: I think if you can absolutely know the number of queries and the number of clicks, you can hypothesize as to whether it's targeted. But remember, in Google, uh, only one out of seven clicks are on an ad anyhow. Correct. So you can have an ad... It's going to be, you know, off from the total queries. Um, And I don't know if it's the impressions of your ad or the number of queries anyhow. If it's impressions of your ad and your ad goes up and down or disappears or rotates, quality score, price point, things like that, uh, or your day party or any number of things, is it uh, really going to be as helpful as a branding tool or not? So... Uh, I think that what will happen is we're going to learn. Uh, by the way, everybody listening, uh, Virginia's been uh, typing her fingers off here all week, taking live blogs of all these sessions.
3: Don't worry, I still have all ten.
2: She does. And actually, she still has fingernails on, the end of those fingers. Yeah, they're just shorter fingers. They're just shorter <laughs> fingers. Uh, we'd encourage you to go and uh, pick up, just check out the blog, because there's no feed, Just go to bruceclay.com slash blog. Uh, and you'll see a stream of all of the sessions that we've live blogged here at SAS. Uh, I encourage you to do that. And this session was one of them.
3: Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, the blog. Awesome. Um, but I think we're all out of time for the podcast here live from SES. So we're going to wrap up real quick. Thanks to our guest, Rhea Drysdale, and thanks to Webmaster Radio for producing this show as always. Here we're at 101. Last week was the Big 100. That was exciting. Um, And go to scmsynergy.com if you want more about this week's topics and guests. You can follow us on Twitter at SEM Synergy. And if you have questions or anything you want to hear about on the show, we would love to hear from you at SEM Synergy at BruceLay.com and come back next week for more industry info and experts. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy.